All right, folks, welcome back to the Made the Parade podcast. You are joining us on episode number nine of season number two. I'm your host, Glenn Miller, and you are very welcome with us on the episode today. Um, I just want to take the time here just to say thanks to everybody who listened in to our last episode and anyone who shared that with uh, Simon Mowbray from the, the Churchill. Um, very much appreciated. We got a lot of lessons on there and it was a great conversation with a, a great player from a great band with a, an amazing uh, tradition and history in, in the band scene. And uh, thanks very much for listening in, guys. Much appreciated. Also wanted to take the time just to share a wee review of the the book that I got on uh, Amazon, and I believe it's from John Brown from the 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 Green Guards uh, Thistle, but he's masquerading as his wife Jean, and uh, me and him had a wee bit of a joke about this back and forward around uh, um, masquerading under his wife's name. But uh, the review of the book itself is really good, and uh, I've had a couple of conversations with John around the bond scene and, and the podcast and so so I just wanted to one acknowledge the, the the review but also to um just read it out and share it with everybody else so this is it so superb received the book as a christmas present from my wee nieces so had to wait a bit in order to read it cracking book that gives a great insight into marching loyalist flute bond life I can relate to a good few of the stories especially hearing different accents thrown you when you first hear them Every Bond has a version of the characters written about in this insight. We can relate to Stevie, the moaning member who always seems on your case, but in the end, you see, he's driving you to be the best and experience the best the Bond has to offer. Every Ghana's dog from my era was a male fan. We all played those tunes in our spare time. The book was brilliant, mate. An honest and informative look into what being a new member of a flute Bond is like. The passion and pride on that first parade when you see your mates and family on the pavement as you pass with your other family playing your heart out. John, thanks very much for that. I really appreciate the, the review of the book. And I um, really appreciate everybody who has uh, con- and continues to do purchase um, the book. I had a wee message in from, from Scott from the Pride of the Mail saying that one of the guys in the bar bought two just in case he wanted to read it again. So I <laughs> appreciate that as well. So keep buying them, keep sharing them, and uh, we can change that narrative. All right. So on to this episode, and uh, we are going to be joined today in our conversation with Joshua Morris, um, young bondsman from the Kilkeel direction. He'll be knowing the many of you, um, you know, if you're on the, the Ulster Bonds Forum, uh, the, the virtual parade, and uh, on other platforms and stuff, you'll be, wor- you'll be well aware of Joshua, and that's mainly because he has more bond uniforms than days of the week uh, only mission josh here josh is a really is a dedicated bondsman and um, i know him as a friend of liam mcgill who's a member of my own bond and also just through connections with uh, another great bond on the scene the the pride of balneron so i'll be back at the end usually like usual and uh, i'll give you a bit of update on what's coming up on the podcast what to maybe look out for on season number three and some final details on our last bonus episode of the the season. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with Joshua. All right, and welcome to the the podcast today. I am joined by Joshua Morris. Joshua from Pride of Balneron. You're very welcome with us on the show. Thanks for having me, Glenn. No worries, man. Listen, as we start with everybody, let's kind of delve into how you got your start with the band. What sparked the interest? How did it all come about? 
Well, safe to say, my family were very heavily involved in bands. My mum used to play the flute, an Orangefield flute band, and then my dad, along with my granda and my uncles, all involved in Ballamajock accordion band. And then my uncle Paul was involved in Pride of Ballaran flute band, and still is involved with the band. And my uncle Reggie, then he used to be the bass drummer in the UIL of Castle Wellen, and now he plays in Kilkeel Silver Band. So, yep, family heavily involved in bands. And whenever it came to my first 12th, Glenn, my auntie Joy, she got me a mini lambeg drum. So I was hardly a year old then. And she got me a lambeg drum there. So I had a drum from no age. And my ma always said for getting a picture of me whenever I was younger, she had to get me holding a drum to make me stand still. <laughs> so so if you look at my, any photographs of me whenever I was younger, I'm guaranteed to hold a drum. So that all escalated then into developing an interest of a band from a young age. Okay, so there was a lot of music and stuff going on around the house. Um, at the time, yeah. a lot of instruments being played, a lot of people having an influence on you then at that at very early stage. So how did you, as I say, you obviously there was that influence. So what do you remember about first practices and joining up and all that kind of stuff? How did that all come about? Well, the family band that my dad and granda was all connected in Balmajok were getting new uniforms in 2009. And they really wanted to get me out in the road by then just with a triangle. So I remember the Black Saturday before that year, walking the Homer Term Parade beside my dad. He was on the outside rank and just walking beside him, keeping in step with him because he wanted me to do that to get used to what marching was like. So I walked the Homer Term route there, keeping in step and trying to keep in time with the bass drum just with my marching and then it came to going to a band practice then and I was before I went up to band practice they were doing a new CD out for some of the drummers that were learning at the time and I got the CD in the house and was given a triangle and then after playing one tune on it dad just turned the CD off and said you can do it no bother so going up the first practice I knew what I was doing that's brilliant, actually. Really, really good stuff, I think, even just from the marching and uh, playing alongside a band, using the likes of the CDs, great. Because one of the things I'm sure you've probably heard in the, the previous episodes, one of the things I've talked about a lot is that how whenever I joined a band, you know, practice didn't really prepare me for the road. So it sounds like you had a good grounding before you even hit a parade. Yeah, I had the road first and then the music had to come with it. <laughs> brilliant. And talk to me through those early practices then in terms of connecting with everybody in the band. Obviously, there's the family connection. But how did you find um, connecting with other people in the band with being so young? Well, the good thing was about that time, there was quite a few younger members joined. I would have been the youngest one at the time in the band. But there were a few others, a couple of years older than me than that, that were in the band. And it just gave us a common interest to begin with. And we were all looking forward, we are all excited about going out to a parade. Twelfth day, of course, is the highlight for Ballamajock Accordion Band, because that's when we have our biggest numbers out on parade. Then also the f- likes of going to Scarva on the bus, going to Black Saturday on the bus. And even still to this day in Ballamajock Accordion Band, it's the young members now that are on the triangle, and we have a very, we have about 10 or 12 people now on triangles and symbols just in the band, all primary school age, which is very lively at practice and also lively in the bus journeys oh, i can imagine it's almost i'm getting the impression of like a wee bit of a hardy krishna thing going on there you know with all the symbols and everything <laughs> yeah and and safe to say balmajog go up the dunloy accordion bands parade every year and the young ones on the bus love the two and a half hour bus journey 
up and down with their instruments all in hand and that. <laughs> so what, what stands out for me in those early days then? What kind of, you know, is there a particular kind of experience or a story that you have from those early days that really kind of encapsulates, you know, why you're still involved with bands and stuff now? It was, whenever I joined, whenever I was playing with the Triangle, the thing I had my eye on the whole time were the drummers in front of me. And I was playing the Triangle for a couple of years, moved on to the cymbals then, and even the conductor of Balma Jog at the time, she was, she knew had potential in me, which I appreciate a whole lot now looking back on it, and was pointing out different ways I could put a cymbal crash in, or build dynamics on the cymbals too, bring it up and down, and basically fitting the cymbals in around the music rather than just playing them on the beat. And from that there then, that made progressing on to the drum easy, because I could drum from new age, I was self-taught in it. So triangle cymbals to drum, it all happened in a blink of an eye nearly, over a space of five years, because I knew how to do all those percussion instruments anyway. So it sounds like you got a lot of encouragement then in those early days, and that really kind of helped you to feel like you were a part of things. Absolutely, very much so. And you really need that as well, especially if you're, especially at a young age, and you're surrounded by a lot of older people and stuff. You know, to be included in that way and to find it, you know that you're, you know, someone's giving you direction in regards to this is what I'd like you to do, and you're not just feeling like I'm just turning up to make up the numbers. Oh, a hundred percent. I even remember one Remembrance Sunday, and I was. Must have been 13 at the time, and I was on the cymbals for Bahama Jock. And the side drummer of Kilkeel Silver Band came up and said to my dad afterwards, John Bird, any chance of a transfer for that fella? <laughs> because he, he heard the cymbals coming, not because I was crashing them loud, but he heard, heard what I was adding to them and adding to the music. And it was really that cymbal style then got me getting, in t- getting involved with Pride of Ballaran. Okay, so then talk to me a bit about that then. So obviously playing in the in the family accordion band, getting your earning your stripes, so to speak, and then moving over to walk with one of the premier melody flute bands in the country. How did that all come about? Well, Pride of Ballaran, whenever I was younger, there was two bands that caught my eye. And Pride of Ballaran was one of them, and the other band was Dunloy Accordion Band because of Dunloy being a march playing accordion band similar to Balm Jog and Balm Jog always have looked up to Dunloy for to see what the top of the game was like in the accordion band scene. But for Pride of Ballaran, my uncle Paul was in the band and my, my uncle Paul Irvine, he makes the Millerwicks flutes, so he's very heavily involved in Ballaran and the flute production of the Millerwicks company. And I got a phone call, I was just at home one Tuesday night and got a phone call and my mum answered the phone and she said to me afterwards, it's your Uncle Paul looking to see if you want to come up to Ballaran the next Tuesday night for practice. And I said, yep, no bother. Went up. One practice. Out the next parade on the cymbals. Because I listened to Ballaran that much. I knew the tunes inside out. Great. So that kind of enthusiasm for bonds and checking out multiple different types of bonds and all that there really came to give you a grounding and then put you in a position where potentially with the legs of percussion there that you could play with anybody yeah in regards to that okay so obviously you pro- you were playing cymbals with Ron for a while and so you progressed on to drumming with them haven't you that's right so as on the cymbals my first period with them was black saturday in refryland in 2014 and fantastic day i can remember every bit of it 
from walking Brownsford in the morning, then getting the bus, going to Rafraeland, walking up that big Isle Hill in Rafraeland, and a fantastic day. And let's just say I never went away from Ballarat since I knew that was the band that I was going to stick at. What do you get from an actual parade itself? You know, talk me through the kind of the feelings that you might go through, uh, you know, what the whole preparation is like for heading out on a parade. Do you still get the same kind of buzz that you would have done on your first parade? Well, my ma says it's worse now than what it ever was. For the likes of my first Ballaram parade, I was getting the bits shined up for a good long time. My ma said, I wish I spent longer cleaning my room than I do with my boots. <laughs> and after that, then just getting the uniforms ready, making sure I've all the equipment. Because I was on the cymbals at the time, but you see now head out of Ballaran as part of your drum corps. Remember your drum, remember your drumsticks, remember your gloves, remember your drum ropes. And remember your belt too, just all those things that are essential to getting out in parade. So I think I count others about seven or eight things I need to remember as I head out the house to go to a parade. Yeah, so there's a lot of properties then for each time you're out. It's not just a case of just throwing on some clothes and heading out. Oh, definitely not. No, you have to have it well thought out. And uh, use of a particular style uniform as well. Use are based on is it's the the Marines officers uniform I believe you use, isn't it? That's right. Ballarat got that uniform back in two thousand and four. It's really I vaguely remember the uniform they had for that. That's the uniform I always knew Ballarat had them whenever I grew up, and it really does stand out. And I think we've Ballarat talked a number of times about by possibly a new uniform but we came to the conclusion that you can't go anywhere after the Marines jackets because that is the top uniform it's almost like it's almost like you have an, you know who it is as soon as you have, as soon as you see the uniform you have a fair idea well that's the ball run yeah and uh, you've almost become uh, associated with that with that as your uniform and as your look totally and we're proud to be associated with it too yeah I'm sure you are and there's a lot of uh, the bonds out there that, that do form or base their uniforms on other aspects of the military. I know obviously yeah. the guards are one element of that there. I know that the, the regimental bond were sporting a guards uniform for a while and Balmacart Defenders uniform is based on the Royal Logistics and there's a few other um, regiments out there that are represented as well. So you've talked there about your first parade, all right, with the Bon Ram, where you're out with the symbols and stuff and whatever. What's your favourite parade to do? Well, this comes back to my accordion band roots because I started out in Balmajock accordion band and the band that Balmajock always talked about all the time was Dunloy accordion band so whenever I heard about Dunloy's parades coming up now last Saturday of July I was looking forward to it because I was always told Dunloy's out in full force with their full band about 25-30 accordions and it's just some sound so I was looking forward to just hearing Dunloy but then whenever you actually started parading around Dunloy's parade the bus journey up the road some crack kill kill the Balamoni that's two, two and a half hours on the bus. So you can imagine the crack on the bus going up the road. And the great thing about Dunloy's Parade is you do not meet bands or you do not pass bands. It's just a flat route too. And great crowds the whole way about it. And fantastic range and genres of bands. And of course Dunloy finishing their parade then as an accordion band man was just fantastic. Alright, so it's that Dunloy competition then that, um, that really kind of stands out in the parade and calendar for you yep Dunloy's parade fantastic event from start to finish 
You know, one of the things I always remember about Dunloy's play is the queue of bands waiting to get going. It's <laughs> uh, you're standing in that, that field area yeah. and just everybody queued up and everyone's trying to get ahead of everyone so they can get around and get around the town. And the crowd there is always great. So there's a great response in the town, isn't there? Yeah, totally. And I remember, because I did Dunloy's play with Ballaran and then I told my dad and granddad all about it and said, we need to get Ballamajoc up to support Dunloy. Because even though I'm with Ballaran, because Ballamajoc's schedule and Ballaran's schedules are really different, I meant I'll still be able to keep involved in the family band, which was great. And I said to my granda, we need to get the band up to Dunloy's parade. And he said, right, it takes two and a half hours, so if we're at the starting point by eight, and I'm like, no, be at the starting point a good bit earlier, or else you'll be standing there for an hour or two waiting. Exactly, that's it. You had to get there as early as possible, try and get as yep. far up the queue and uh, get round. It wasn't, it? and it's not really to, to try and get round the parade as quickly as possible. It's just the fact that the amount of bonds that turn up the Dunloy's parade is is crazy, isn't it? Unbelievable. And another parade which I done for the first time too, which was only last year, was whenever Ballaram parade at the first July in East Belfast. And whenever you wrote about it in your book, I related to everything you said about your first first July experience and compared it to mine last year, and it was Paradell. Like, everyone knows and will remember the first, their very first, first of July Battle of the Somme commemoration parade in East Belfast. It's something else, it really is. It's For me, it is probably the parade of the season for me, um, is that East Belfast, first of July, and uh, I just think there's very little that comes close to it yeah. in regards to just the atmosphere, um, the crowds that are there near enough the whole way around the route. And as I said, even in the book, even back whenever I was that age, coming down the arches and turning right onto the Newton Arts Road. Unbelievable. And walking past the Con Club right up towards Templemore Avenue. Yeah, the whole way. Oh, it's just, for me, it's a, a chills on the, the back of the neck moment. It, it's hard. There's been a couple of times, I have to say, like, you know, walking past and the response from the crowd. I've almost been close to, like, breaking down a wee bit because it's just... So there's a real emotional thing that happens there, and being having been brought up in East Belfast, um, you know, there's something about connecting with the local crowd. Um, it's unbelievable, amazing parade. Yep. So it's so that's that's uh, talking about your your favorite parade and some of your experiences. What's some of the maybe what's one of the best things that's ever happened to you as a result of being involved in the band? Best experience. Well, from the very first year I got involved in Ballaran, we got an invite to the. London Lord Mayor's Show and it was the 800th anniversary the London Lord Mayor's Show is the oldest beset, like the oldest parade of any sort that's uh, been going about for 800 years and we were absolutely delighted to be invited to go over to it and it was unbelievable in the sense that it was Pride of Ballaran a wee band from Kilkeel and then the other bands that were on parade, the Royal Marines the Coldstream Guards, the Logistic Corps, uh, and all the Army Cadet Bands, and the London Pipe, the, was it the London Scots Pipe Band? Or just basically Balloran and the military bands. And it was a fantastic experience to be on the same parade along the same streets as them. And after that, then a year after that, Pride of Balloran were invited to do the Belfast Tattoo. And it's already been talked about on Morris's podcast about how the Belfast tattoo for him with the Coldstream Guards was the highlight of his career. And the fact that we were being able to 
perform alongside the Coldstream Guards and stand right beside him in the finale, along with being with the Royal Irish Regiment Band was there too that year. But as a drummer, knowing you're going to be performing a drum salute, a drum solo in front of 5,000 people three nights in a row, that was scary. <laughs> I can imagine. And uh, you had two performances on the one day. Was it the Saturday you have two? Yep, Saturday yeah. night is two performances on the yeah. one day. So you do yeah. one on the Friday night, and then there's the Saturday afternoon, and then there's the Saturday evening yep. in regards to that. And how long did you actually play for it? Was it about 10 minutes or so? Yeah, the band had a 10 minute set to play, and Nigel Edgar, our conductor, unbelievable at arranging music for the band and getting it out and teaching us it. And then Stephen Chapman, to your drum major, choreographing a floor routine. And we spent about two or three nights a week the whole month of August working on the floor routine and getting it up the standard because there's so much to learn, so much to remember. But it was totally worth it whenever you got the cheer after your first piece we played, which was a movie set. And then the drum solo, the drum salute. And then getting a cheer after that. And then to remember the HML, the, sorry, the HMS Caroline ship then, the Ballaran band formed an anchor. And that got a massive cheer once again. Then we marched out then playing the Royal Ulster Castlebury March. And fantastic experience start to finish. And big massive smile on our face after that too. And then five, six months later then, we were invited to go over to the Glasgow Tattoo as well. And another band from Northern Ireland that went over to that tattoo was Dunloy Accordion Band. And for me, who absolutely loved Dunloy from being an accordion band man, Ballaran and Dunloy formed a fantastic friendship because both bands were staying in the same hotel in Glasgow. And that's another thing that's a real element of the band scene. I know we've talked about that on a lot of podcasts, is about the relationships that develop between bonds and the experiences that, um, that being a member of a band actually brings to you. And uh, I know who would have thought that bonds from Kilkeel or from Dunloy will be featuring in front of five, 6,000 people in an arena, performing a 10-minute set that they've spent absolutely months and months and months working on and uh, getting some kind of recognition for it and stuff. You know, I think it's absolutely amazing some of the experiences that, that being a, a member of a band brings to you. And uh, not everybody gets to see that kind of thing because they, they have a particular perception of what the bonds actually do. So I know you've talked a wee bit about there in terms of your best experience. Um the Lord Mayor's show, and then obviously the tattoo and stuff. But what do you personally get out of being a member of a band? It's a sense of developing skills you already have, and for me personally, also learning new skills too, because, as I already said, I play triangle cymbals, drum. I'm also a drum kit player too, so I can play the percussion range. But then for the BB Queen's badge then, as part of achieving it through the Boys Brigade, we had to learn a new skill. So I decided, because I'm really involved in a band, I might as well learn the flute and arrive at Ballaran's practice, say, half an hour an hour earlier, and go, go through their learner's class. So I started learning the flute, and one thing that taught me, which has been essential, and I thank Ricky McKay so much for it, is the first time I actually learned how to read music. And before that, I was playing by ear, and for Ballaran, I was just watching the stick work, so it was visual learning. But Ricky sat down and taught me how to read treble clef music and understand where the notes are and the note values. And that there has been 
very, very important in me progressing within the band scene. Because that, and even he said to me after, Ricky said to me after six, six months later, about half a year later, whenever we were preparing for a contest in Ballaran, Nigel handed me a drum copy and I played it perfectly. And Ricky said, not only are you a good drummer now, you can sight read. And that was a massive confidence boost to me and that meant I knew exactly what I was doing then. Rather than just listening out for people, I was able to do it myself and just reading it. And I think that's an amazing thing to be pointing out as well, is that it's not just about the camaraderie and the, the learning of an instrument, because those are really instrumental in terms of what being a member of a band is all about. But the fact is that you've been part of a band. Not only have you learned how to play a number of instruments by ear, but now someone sat down and taught you how to read music. So you've gained another valuable skill as a, as a result of being a member of a band that has enhanced your musical capabilities. A hundred percent, and and it's been great because Ballaran have a new CD out now that we recorded for our 40th anniversary this year, and there's so there's so many new tunes on it that you haven't heard the band play before. So Nigel was able to send me not a recording of it, but just send me the sheet music of it. I was able to drum away at it, and. That was fine. And there was even one piece there that we recorded called We'll Meet Again, which is the Dean Fairlin song, which we decided to record on it being the 75th anniversary of VE Day. And Nigel didn't have a drum kit copy for me. So I said to Nigel, Nigel, give me a melody copy off the flute and I'll be able to follow along the bars there and see where I'm at. So I'm even being able to sight read flute music as well as drum music and being able to play parts too, because that's one thing Ricky taught. Not Ricky taught me in the learners class at that time not to play the tune but he also gave out part copies too and get us used to playing with parts and then parts with melody There's something liberating about reading music and uh, that just that whole idea of being able to just set a piece of music down in front of you and just be able to go and know that there's no nothing stopping you, nothing in your way and I have to say, I know I've said this on a couple of occasions on the, the podcast as well that was a similar thing for me I learned by ear, I learned by listening doing all. but whenever I, read, I learned how to read music, it was one of the most liberating things that had happened to me and uh, came in useful in so many different forms I've been involved in some you know, different gatherings of musicians and stuff which has been you know, uh, range of musicians from across the army and all that kind of stuff, but being able to sit down and just have the music in front of you and not have to worry about, do I know how this goes? I just sit there and read it. It's it's amazing. It's, uh, it's an amazing skill. It's absolutely brilliant too. And it's led me over the past year then. Because in Balmajot Accordion Band, we quite a busy concert schedule last winter. And because we don't have a conductor now, I took the practice. I was making sure the dynamic marks were being read. Making sure the note values were being executed. And I've also, over lockdown, arranged a couple of new marches for them too. So not only can I read music now, not only can I play melody or parts, I can also sit down and arrange it too. Brilliant, that sounds great. I'm sure that uh, the accordion band are reaping the benefits of uh, of that as well. So happy days, well done. Yeah. And talk to me a bit about some of the positive things that your band might do in the community because I think that's something else that's important that um we highlight in the bond scene that it's not just about you know 
let's gather together and play music and stuff. But a lot of bands, you know, put things back into their community to do some charity work and stuff like that. There is that something similar with the ball and Ron? Do they do anything like that? Absolutely, because there's some events that we organise and ball around that, and we always think about who can benefit from it, from what we're doing, and it's a fantastic way of just reaching out to the community. And I know local charities are very thankful for some stuff the band did. I think the most memorable one that the band did was organising a Strictly Come Dancing event five years ago, and some of the proceeds went to charity that night. And so what kind of charities have you helped out then? Well, there was a concert that Balaran took part in and it was a memory of a local musician there called Marcus Glenny. And I don't know if you know Marcus or not, but Marcus was heavily involved in the flute band scene. And one of the concerts we played at was for Marcus's home band, Derry Oak Flute Band, and it was to raise money for cancer. And sometimes the bands, they give the band's money for the concert and that but for some cases like that and even things that I've played with Dunloy too if it's for a charity we've given the money back saying there's no need to pay the band to come here and play and um, what was that experience of the memorial concert for, for Marquez Lake you know because I know I knew Marquez as well I mean, he's a, a great man and an amazing musician fantastic flute player and uh, always had a lot of time for people he always would have went out of his way to get music for people and and, uh, and help them out in whatever way he can. I always remember giving me um, a very interesting arrangement of um, Abide With Me and a set of parts on that that I'd never heard before. And it's funny too, because in my work um, that I do in terms of restorative justice, um, his his wife is actually on a training course with me in the Craig Alvin area and stuff. So um, I was kind of strange. I walked in and seen her and I was like, that face, <laughs> I know. But Marquez was such a was a character and stuff. But what was the concert actually like? Then what was uh, the feeling in the place at the time and all that? Well, see, as I say, everyone was devastated once we heard of Marcus's passing, and whenever we got an invite to go and take part in a concert, it was a no-brainer. We were, of course, we'll support it, and of course, we'll give money towards the cancer research. I think it was, and I think it was the biggest turnout. Ballaran has ever had for a concert. We took a, there's a photograph that we took off it, and I think there was three rows of flutes filled the whole stage, and it was just great to be able to support it in that way. Uh, it's nice to be able to come together like that, especially whenever you know at, at times of need, and that's one of the things that I I think I really love about the band scene, and I know I write about this in, in my book as well, is that whenever my grandfather passed away, I mean I didn't let anybody in the band know that it happened. But on the day of his funeral, they were there. You know, there were people um, drawn alongside. And I think that that's one of the other aspects that people don't see of the bond scene is that level of support and encouragement that they provide each other whenever hard times or even good times um, uh, come to people. But there's there's a level of uh, comradeship that, that's there in the bond scene that people don't always see. And it's absolutely something that has been about the bond scene forever is that level of comradeship too because... I was just talking there about how Balaram became friendly with Dunloy through the tattoos. But there's so, so many band members from bands all over Northern Ireland that I have friendships with. And a great example of that was Nigel Egger asked me to play the drum kit at the Belfast Tattoo last year for the Ballywalter and Churchill Flute Bands. And there's one member of Ballywalter, 
that plays in Balaran too. And he was the only person I knew between the two bands. And after a week of rehearsals and a week of doing the Belfast tattoo, I knew every single one of them as if I knew them my whole life. Between the Ballywalter and Churchill flute bands, great people and great music along with it too. And you can't get a scene like that anywhere else. You'd be hard pressed to find a, a group of musicians that are, you know, bound together by one. We're involved in marching bands, but the fact that they are just so open to helping people out and receiving people to help them out as well. I think it's it's one of the the most endearing things about the scene as a, as a whole. You know, so fair play to you. Yeah, and also the great thing is whenever you meet them at a fence like a tattoo or meet them at a parade, you're guaranteed to meet them again. And catching up with people you haven't seen in a while, and this is one thing I'm looking forward to once the parade start up again. Because I was thinking the other day how many people I haven't seen since the last parade of 2019, and what it's going to be like to try to fill them all in on the crack over the past year. Like I even over lockdown on my phone sent, and must have been about 200 messages on various band mem- various band folk that just came into my head. I was like wonder how they're doing, just checking up on them. And yeah, I couldn't believe how many messages I sent over a space of a month or two to all those bands folk because that's how big the scene is and that's how big the friendship is within the band scene across all bands all over the country. And I think we're all looking forward to that day when we come back out on the road and be able to see people, you know, and be able to catch up properly and stuff. You know, it's it's, it's great being able to do FaceTime and a text and all that kind of stuff, but there there's something different just about being able to meet up in person and connect with each other and I think we're all really looking forward to whenever we can get back out on the road and stuff like that and uh, you know uh, do what we do best which is parade I suppose you know that's one of the things that I obviously want to join a marching band yeah, for totally. is to get out and about and, and parade it's uh, it's but part so, of, so so much comes with it yeah and it's just part of the lifeblood isn't it you know it becomes just part of everyday life for you I know for me I was um, and maybe not so much now but uh, I was when I was your age and whatever else you know i mean i was absolutely obsessed you know the bomb was everything to me yeah uh, one thing i enjoyed particularly reading in your book was you writing about your first indoor competition and and where you went up and you felt your band was playing well and and you remembered the tunes you played and all of that and then it came to the results and let's say you got a wee bit competitive <laughs> for the results and, and whenever you wrote about them and like i know Prizes aren't everything, but some of the biggest memories for me is also, first of all, the people you've met. Also, a, a sense of success too, because I remember, and still to this day, winning the Lisburn Young Defenders Percussion Prize at their indoor and winning some of the Shankle Road contest too. And the sense of your hard work paid off sort of thing just felt great. And over the past year, I've started contesting with Orangefield Flip Band and at the very start of the programme I said about my mum used to play with Orangefield. So whenever Orangefield asked me to come and play for a contest with them because they've moved up to grade 2 from grade 3 in the Flip Band Association contest and it was a no-brainer to go up to Orangefield because of my mum used to play with them in the 90s and my mum always talked about the competition success Orangefield had in the 90s and we're moving up to grade two for the first time and hearing percussion prize, first place, Orangefield Flip Band being announced. We all let out a big cheer. <laughs> big sense of relief. 
because we were the underdogs, we only moved up and we got third overall and the first place percussion prize. So even stuff like that, it motivates you to keep going. Oh, completely. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not the, it's not the be all and end all. Definitely but not. You know, but there is something nice about being recognised about, you know, or winning a prize and winning a competition and stuff. And I know that I remember I competed on a, a couple of occasions with uh, the Balmacar Defenders in the NIBA on the Flutebond League. And I remember the first year that we won in the Flutebond League against the, the William King um, way back in 1991. And playing a tune called Boots and Saddles, and uh, whenever they called out the uh, Balmacart were were first place, we all had to do a wee bit of a double take. We're like kind of going right. This is like only the second time <laughs> that we've <laughs> done this kind of thing. Are you sure? Are we we're first here? And uh, but when you I look back on it now, because it's on, I put it up on a my YouTube channel that particular performance, and you know what. It was bloody brilliant. <laughs> and I'll also tell you this too about whenever I was at school, my year group in school, I was particularly privileged to be part of because there were so many people involved in marching bands or family members involved in marching bands. So I can hardly remember a day in high school where we weren't talking about bands. And whenever it came to fourth year or fifth year, there was myself and another Ballaran member who is the same age as me in school, Christopher McConnell, another drummer. And... We had we were in the same class for biology and GCSE, and the two people we were sitting beside, respectively, were in the Moon Young Defenders. So our our teacher said, our biology teacher, always knew every Monday morning after a parade, we'll be coming in talking about the results. We'll be coming in talking about the results, and we will not get them stopped talking about the results the whole lesson. <laughs> Uh, and then that's uh, obviously there's a there's a, a great friendship between those two <laughs> bonds. <laughs> um, I'll not I'll not go into any further. Uh, but I know that obviously two bonds that I greatly admire. To be honest with you, I mean, Proud of Ron have always been a, a bond that I've admired way back in my Raven days. And, and the whole entire band scene in the Moore District too is unbelievable in itself too, because you have the likes of Orangefield, Part Flip Band competing in competitions, winning prizes, and you have Pride of Ballaran, more young defenders, as you said, in the melody section, then you have Ballamajot Accordion Band, a March Plan Accordion Band, and then also another March Plan Accordion Band called Brunswick, within the district too, then also Healthy Pipe Bands, a fantastic silver band, and also traditional flute bands too, and Blood and Thunder, like we've everything, all genres, and all memberships healthy, and for Ballamajoc personally, and also for Ballaran too, over the past year has seen the biggest membership in both bands' history. So it's still growing, it's still vibrant down in the Moran area. Well, that's good to hear, you know, because obviously uh, there's times when you hear that the bond scene could be, you know, experiencing a wee bit of a lull in terms of membership. So it's great to hear that it, that it's healthy and vibrant down in your neck of the woods and stuff. So um, it's always positive. I always love to hear that the bonds are, are doing well. And so on. So... If you were trying to explain to someone who didn't have a clue about what the bond scene was, what would you tell them to help them understand? I would tell them it's the best musical qualification you could ever get here in Northern Ireland. Because, as I've talked about before, what you've learned the whole way through the marching band scene, from starting out, learning a new skill, progressing it, progressing it. For me, playing with Ballon Jock. And then being invited to go to Pride of Ballaran 
fitting in with Balaran and her level of music and then also learning the flute too and being able to take part in competitions there is a musical progression that I have experienced and every musician in the marching band scene could probably say the same starting out from scratch or maybe self-taught but one thing they've all done is progressed and I figured that there's uh, an element in terms of the, the quality of musicianship within the band scene you know that doesn't get recognised as much as it should because there are some extremely top level musicians involved in, in our scene and we should be extremely proud of that we should be proud of where we've come from and, and what what's being achieved within our bonds and so on because you know we take a lot of knocks you know and uh but you know what there's a lot of great stuff out there a lot of great stuff going yeah, on Yeah, definitely and one thing i don't know if you saw it over new year's time last year it was a decade challenge and i put up a picture of myself on my very first 12th with balamajot accordion band and then beside it were two pictures one of me and a pride of ballerang uniform and one of me in a Dunloy uniform. And what I wrote on it was 2009, starting out dreaming of being in my favourite bands of Ballarat and Dunloy, 2019, dreams accomplished. So band, the band scene can fulfil ambitions. And I've been thankful that I've been able to play and still play with Pride of Ballarat and Dunloy Accordion Band, as well as competing with Orangefield Flute Band, which I have family roots with and also Balmajot Accordion Band, which I'm still involved with. I think that's a great place to kind of bring that to a close. I think you've said something to me, isn't there? The f- being a part of a marching band can make dreams come true. And, you know, I think that's a great place to, to end that on. So, well, thank you very much for coming in and spending time and telling your story to us. I really appreciate you taking that time out for us. Thank you very much, Glenn. Well, there you go, folks. That's the end of episode number nine. I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation with, with Joshua. You can really tell from listening to him just how much he loves bonds he is so into it and uh whenever we stopped recording we ended up by uh, sharing some more with each other we were playing each other tunes and talking about all sorts of stuff together and uh had a fantastic conversation with him um he's a he's a great uh he's a great bondsman and a, and a good lot into the bargain so josh thank you again for taking part and sharing your story about how you found out that you were made to parade so folks that's us near the end of the season as i said at the start of this episode we've got one more episode to go in terms of bond stories uh we are going to have episode 10 will be with uh stuart boyd who you may be aware of who runs the youtube channel accordion stew and uh looking forward to sharing that conversation with you Stu has some great stories from his time within the bond scene and from some of the things that he's getting up to now and then on the 14th of january we are going to release the second of our bonus episodes for this season and that will be a conversation with uh, billy hutchinson um, talking about his book my life in loyalism and we'll also be joined on that episode by gareth mulvana so make sure you check that out And the best way of making sure that you don't miss any of those upcoming episodes is to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that in a number of ways. One way you can do that is to go to our website, madetoparade.com. You can listen to all the episodes there, plus you will also find all of the ways that you can listen in and subscribe to the podcast. You just go to the sharing section on the website and it'll give you those options. 
If you have an iPad and a phone or whatever else, all you need is a podcast app. So if you're on Apple, go to the podcast app, search for Made to Parade. You'll be able to subscribe to us there. Or if you're a Spotify user, you can find us on there and you can follow us on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. So you have no excuse to not listen in to the episodes of the podcast and find out more stories, more positive stories from the bond scene. And also, I wouldn't be doing myself any justice if I didn't mention the book. All right, so the book is the main reason why the podcast exists. And the Made to Parade book, which shares my story in terms of joining the Parade even when I was a young kid, and what I got out of that is available from Amazon on paperback, which will cost you £10. And if you are in the digital world and you want to get that on your Kindle, it'll cost you seven ninety nine. So... Make sure you check that out, and uh, if you haven't got a copy, get one. If you have one and you know someone who'd like it, why don't you buy them one and uh, share the story? All right, so if you have a story and you'd want to share it, and maybe your band would like to be involved in season number three of the Made to Parade podcast, then get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us a number of ways. You can do that via our Facebook page, or you can get us on Twitter. Or you can email us on madetoparadebook at gmail.com. We already have some guests lined up for season three, um, some good ones, and uh, really looking forward to recording some conversations in the next couple of weeks. And also we do have some exciting plans coming up for the next season and maybe branching out and doing a few other things as well. So we'll tell you more about that in the next couple of episodes, what will be coming up. And uh, I'm sure you will be really into that as well. So until the next episode, look after yourselves, take it easy. And here's the part of Balnron to play us out. <laughs>